All right, parents, welcome back to The Journey. This is Dan Panetti. I've got um, Dr. Jim Wicker, who's a professor of New Testament um, over at Southwestern Theological Seminary. So, um, uh, Dr. Wicker, you're over in Fort Worth, kind of in the Metroplex area? Yes, I am. Been there right. for 22 years. 22 years. And wh where are you from? Like, where's where's the original? Grew up in Jim Dallas. Wicker. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So and then was a pastor around, uh, well, North, in Collin County for 19 years. Fantastic. And then now teach in Fort Worth. And then went to the academy, huh? That's awesome. So um, why uh, a professor of New Testament? What, what uh, kind of drew you to that? Well, ever since I felt the Lord call me to uh, what we used to call full-time Christian vocational service, I felt mm -hmm. like it was to be um, a pastor. Mm -hmm. And so I felt like a uh, pastor, New Testament is a natural <laughs> to major in. So I, I wanted to get a doctorate and then be a pastor and then teach in a Baptist college or a university um, in the city. So that's what I did actually for years. Um, I got my PhD at Southwestern and um, in New Testament. And there was a pastor here in the Metroplex and then taught for Dallas Baptist for many years okay. and then felt the Lord call me into full-time teaching. But New Testament was just a natural with Jesus, you know, and so that's, that <laughs> I think for, I figured as a pastor, that's where I would do most of my preaching, though I, I did not neglect the Old Testament. Yeah. And well, so that it, proved it all, to the case. Yeah. it all points to him anyway. So that's old right. Or new, right. That's all right. About him. Amen. That's awesome. Well, one of the things that um, I thought would be a great conversation for our parents and something that you would be very useful in is just the idea um, of how to have um, a, um, we call it a, a quiet time. I guess that's kind of the, you know, the Christian lingo. Um, but just when when a, um, a Christian opens up the Word of God, um, you know, how do we get the most out of our time with the Lord uh, in what we're reading? And I know that uh, for a young Christian, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of throw this out when, you know, whenever mm -hmm. I talk to a person who's a young Christian, I know that the kind of standard is, you know, hey, start in the Gospel of John. Um, you know, for an older Christian, we might have some different wisdom and advice. But what would you say in terms of, um, you know, a Christian um, how to get the most out of your time in the word with God. Okay. Um, I'd say for <clears throat> either young or old Christian, I'd say start off keeping it simple, especially if, if you haven't done it in a while. Okay. So if, especially for someone who's been a Christian for a while, they may desire or think, well, I'll just jump in and read five, 10 chapters a day or whatever and have all these high expectations. And then right. when that doesn't happen, they get discouraged and drop out. Amen. So I'd say yep. no matter where someone is in their Christian walk, if they're a young believer or a, a mature believer, uh, if they haven't been having a quiet time or in daily Bible reading, to start small. And here's some suggestions for starting small. And that is just read one chapter a day. And for instance, you can do Proverbs, which has 31 chapters. Um, and the advantage there is, um, let's say that you, you're busy one day and you forget, or you just don't make the time, or then it's mm -hmm. two days. Well, then you, you you don't even have to think about what chapter am I in because it's the okay. Today. So today's May the third, <laughs> so it's Proverbs three. So there you go. <laughs> so then you jump right in, um, whatever on, on that day is, and then one chapter a day, um, and then do that for a month, and then probably for the next month, do a repeat of that one chapter a day till you get into a routine. Okay. And so Proverbs works well for that. Matthew works well for that. Um, I know we typically say jump into John. Uh, and John has some great verses like, of course, John 3.16, uh, John 14.6. But 
John is also very uh, symbolic. So Matthew's great because there's 28 chapters and then you could read a chapter in Matthew each day. And then that gives you three either catch up days or, you know, three for, uh, you know, at the end. So however that Mm -hmm. works out. But again, if you match up the, the chapter to the day, then it helps. And if you forget, you just jump right in there. So I was thinking a good plan would be Proverbs maybe once or twice. And especially for young parents, because you're thinking about you want to rear your children in the ways of the of the Lord. Well, right. wow, going through the Proverbs There's is a lot great. of practical wisdom in there. <laughs> and then the second month you go through it and you kind of be thinking as you read it, hmm, you know, I read this a month ago. <laughs> is my life hopefully uh, better now in comparison to back then? Right. And maybe even the third month. But then if you do Matthew, which you can go through that in a month. And then Acts is the same way. You can go through a chapter a day in Acts. I think that'd be a great way to get through then all these wonderful proverbs in that that book of wisdom literature, mm. and then the life of Jesus, and then the early church. Yeah. And and so there are many many plans out there online, and I can tell you about those in a minute. Okay. Um, but they'll typically do three four chapters a day. But my advice is start off with one. And then, I mean, one a day, one chapter a day. Right. And then if you forget, um, now, like say you have a real crunch time and you, you several days, you didn't read the Bible. Okay. So my advice is just jump back in whatever that day is. Okay. This is the 17th day of the month. I'm just going to jump to the 17th chapter. My wife's advice is, no, you need to catch up and get to that point. So we, we, we approach it from two different perspectives. But my my uh, fear is somebody will say, oh, I'm several chapters behind. I'm just going to forget it. You know, I, I tried it, but it won't work. So yeah. just get back on that horse and read that chapter. And then as you read, you're reading for knowledge. Um, you're reading for um, inspiration, reading for encouragement. And so Again, to keep it simple, before you read, pray, Lord, open my eyes to understand your word, and then read that chapter. And then after you've read it, then think about application that you can make to your life, and then have your time of prayer, and you know, keep it very simple. I'd also say as you read, when you have a question, then have a journal or something you can write that down to study later. Because okay. at church, I have people ask me all the time, oh, I was reading in the Bible such and such, and I had a question about this. Well, it's, it's easy for somebody to ask me. I'd say better to you know, st- study it and find the answer on your own. But sure. as you have a question, then write, write it down, because that's yeah. something that you want to find out the answer to help you understand the Bible better. Yeah. But as you're reading the Bible in this way, you're not doing it for Bible study. That's something different. I'd say that would be a, a different time in a different method that you would use. And I can share that in just a moment. Um, but then the other thing in keeping it simple is try to have the same time you do it. And, and so either if you're a late night person uh, or an early morning person, then you do your quiet time then at whatever your best time is. And so I'm a, I'm a late night person. That's my favorite time. My wife's a morning person. And I found in a lot of marriages, usually if you don't start off being different, you end up being different in that, which that's fine. We all need our yeah. space, but whatever time works out for you then to have that time that you do that. And so I think for a lot of people, it's in the morning and they start off their day that way. And, and that's great. Started mm-hmm. off with looking in the right direction. However, 
I point out that in it's in First Thessalonians uh, 3.10, Paul said he prayed at night and day for them. So he started off with the night. So what I say is when I do it at night, I get to jump on the daytime people. There you but go. Anyway, just, whatever time that. works. Yeah. <laughs> or at noon, you know, maybe have a good break for lunch and yeah. uh, you can, in your office, you're, you can be there alone and do your quiet time there. So there's not a bad time to do it. Um, it's just whatever works out well for that person. Yeah, I love that you mentioned that it's good to ask questions as you're reading the Bible, because um, there's there's a lot. Obviously, you know the um, you know the the Bible was written some of it thousands of years ago um, to a, a you know relatively different culture than we are in. So uh, you know we talk about the New Testament, which your expertise is in. But when you go to the Old Testament, uh, there's a lot of things uh, that just don't seem to make sense. And, and, and people would have a lot of questions. And I think people feel um, like, well, you know, I'm a Christian and I'm reading the Bible. I should understand all of this. And, and I keep telling people there's there's tons of questions that people have. And it's mm -hmm. great to ask questions. Don't feel, um, you know, stupid or insignificant because you're asking questions. That's, that's how you learn. So right. I'm glad that you mentioned that idea. Keep a journal, ask some questions, do the research on your own. Maybe there's some awesome um, sites and maybe you'll give us a couple of places that you would go to if you had questions, maybe things to stay away from. Um, but uh, I, I love that you put that. Yeah. It's good. It's good to be asking questions and keeping track of those. Yes. Now, that's a, a simple method is to start off with the one a day, like again, Proverbs, Matthew and Acts work out well for that by their right. number of chapters. Then you can start doing more chapters a day. For instance, there's 150 Psalms. So, you know, however one does the math, you can do uh, three for, for uh, five months or five mm -hmm. a day for three months or however that works. Um, but then... There's also plans of reading through the Bible in a year. And okay. if you read through the Bible in a year, um, then that would be you know, roughly four chapters a day, something like that. And there's all different plans for that. Now, some like to start off in Genesis 1-1 and go all the way, as Zig Ziglar used to say, to maps. <laughs> you know, go, go through Revelation. <laughs> um, so you can do it. Chron that's, or awesome. do it. that's called canonically. Okay. The canonical order is the right. order the way, of the books written in the, the Old Testament. The way the laid out, right? yeah. Genesis to the Revelation. Okay. But then there's some other ways to read it, such as um, while you're going through the Old Testament, then to read a chapter from the New Testament. Right. And there's plans for that, I'll mention. Uh, and again, in canonical order. But then there's other plans that mix it up. And so they'll have some readings from the Old and the New, but not necessarily in order. Then another plan that's interesting, I'm just throwing out a bunch of different types. Yeah. Because again, there's not a right or a wrong way necessarily um, as far as reading through. Another interesting way is chronologically. And so there are some plans where you read it by chronologically what is happening, which is yeah. an interesting way to do that. Now, the New Testament is fairly well chronologically put out. But, but for instance, the letters of Paul, they're actually in the order of longest to shortest first to churches then to individuals and so they're not in canonical order i think galatians is the first letter that paul wrote and then yeah. second timothy the last letter so to read it in chronological order is an interesting way to read the bible through and it can be read it through in a year there are plans to read it through two times in a year there are plans to read it through uh in two years and a plan like that would have it Monday through Friday, mm -hmm. and then, for instance, Saturday, you might read what you're going to be studying in Sunday school or what the sermon will be the, the next day, and then Sunday's the day of worship. So, again, it's, it's there's another option of do you do it five days a week, 
and then use the weekend to focus on what you'll be studying at, at your church or a seven day a week plan. So there's yeah. all these different plans. Now I do, I do like there are um, chronological Bibles. So you said yeah. there's a, like a Bible reading plan. So if I have a Bible that's just, you know, Genesis through uh, Revelation, there are actually chronological chronological Bibles that have laid out. Yes. So you just, as you flip the pages, it's just in chronological order. So I'm, I'm reading through that. Or there's a plan that you can take and apply to any Bible that you have. Right. And you're just kind of flipping back and forth, especially in the Old Testament. I'll ask you this real quickly, though. Is there any particular um, we talk about Bible and reading and things like that? Is there any particular Bible is in terms of, um, you know, the, the, the version of the Bible um, that you would recommend or something to stay away from? I know some people um, mm. you know, love the King James. And I, I think, um, you know, I'm an ESV guy. There's an NIV. I mean, there's so many different kinds of Bibles. I don't know um, anything that I would necessarily stay away from. Um, but, but I'll say this, I, I do like reading um, passages um, in other versions, and I'll go online and I'll kind of look for some different things. And, you know, to me, the King James is tremendously poetic, and I enjoy every once in a while kind of reading, you know, kind of how Shakespeare would have written it. Um, yeah. But I don't, I, don't, I don't find that to be something that feeds me, um, because, you know, it's a little bit harder to understand. So anything in, in terms of like the, the version that you would recommend? Yeah, that's a great point. I would recommend, um, as you get into this, either it change your version either okay. a, a year, maybe do the same plan in a different version. Or again, there's not necessarily a right or wrong way. Do If you did Proverbs one, one month in New American Standard, do it the next month in ESV or something okay. like that. Yeah. So as far as my preference, New American Standard is my preference. ESV is right up there close to it. I think they're as close as you can get word for word from the Greek and the Hebrew but still be understandable. Right. Now, there's another one, Young's Literal, and I've noticed on some of these Bible study softwares, they offer Young's Literal. And Young's is actually more literal than the New American Standard. But the problem is, it's so woodenly literal, it, it sometimes makes sense not. In other words, it's yes. like, it's like Yoda like, speak. <laughs> so when you, if you read Greek literally, it sounds like Yoda's speaking. Okay. And so you have to, in, in, in any translation, you have to smooth it out into what's called the receptor language, which in our case is English. So right. then New American and ESV, I think, do a good job of being as closely literal as you can get. Now, New International is, is good. For my preference, it smooths it out a little too much. However, yeah. having said that, for Bible reading, I, I've have a, I think one can enjoy a lot more variety in Bible translations than Bible study. So if somebody says, I want to study the Bible, then I'd say, well, okay, King James would be kind of hard because a lot of words have changed your meaning. You know, when I was a kid, when I read Suffer the Little Children, I was afraid of, you know, why did Jesus want us to suffer? And so yet that means permit. He was saying, permit them to come to me. And I thought he's yeah. telling us to suffer. So that's a hard one for, I think, study. So right. for the, again, for the ESV, the New American Standard, um, like those for deep study, but in daily reading, even a paraphrase like the message, I think mm -hmm. is okay yeah. for yeah. Or the living Bible for a daily Bible reading. You're just kind of getting the sense of it and getting the going through the text, but then not for your Bible study where you want to make sure that they, they did as accurate a translation as possible. Now, yeah. as far as ones to stay away from, there definitely are. Okay. So um, I would say you need to vet you know, V-E-T, 
your Bible translations as well as websites that you go to, because while the web is great, there's a lot of junk out there too. So there are actually cult translations, like the New World translation is by the Jehovah's Witnesses. I would say definitely stay away from that one because they're actually going to mess with the text. There's the Joseph Smith translation, which is the Mormon, the LDS translation. Definitely stay away from that. that. (laughs) And then there are other ones that are not as easy to see. Oh, and by the way, going back to New American Standard, that's different from the American Standard, which the American Standard is a Catholic translation. Now, um, I'm just saying it's a lot different from the New American Standard translation. And in in the American, that would have the Apocrypha. So some might be surprised when they open that, thinking it's the New American and go, wait, what's the Apocrypha doing there? Um, So there are some new ones that are not, not as easy to see such as the Jubilee, or to understand what's the problem, there's a growing, I'll call it heresy, uh, called Hebrew Roots. And this is a kind of a modern day Judaism. Um, And I don't want to get too off topic, but basically they're saying we need to go back to the Old Testament, observe the feasts and festivals. We need to call God Yahweh. That's the only true name. We need to go to church on the Sabbath, not Sunday. And so they have Bibles that match up with their erroneous teachings. Okay. And they're called the, the Sacred Name Bible, the Jubilee Bible, and stuff like that. So gotcha. I'd encourage people, if you're not sure about a translation, well, ask your pastor or church staff member if they're handy. But read the introduction. Mm-hmm. And if the introduction says, you know, there's only certain names we can call God, or excuse me, call Yahweh or whatever, um, then I'd say, you know, stay away from that one. Because it'll be yeah. misleading. Because yeah. they'll miss they'll mistranslate things. Like for instance, Jesus rose on the first day of the week, that Sunday, we call it the Lord's day. Well, in those translations, they'll say he arose on the first Sabbath. They just totally mistranslated that Greek phrase. So then for websites as well, I would say, okay, hey, you know, you're not sure this looks like a good site. Check around on the site till you can see who put that up there. Because They'll, if it's like the Mormons or Jehovah's Witnesses or Christian Science or or the Sacred Name Movement, they're not going to necessarily be upfront about that. Right. So you want to like if you're using that for a Bible study, you want to be sure and, and and check and and then stay away from those sites. Yeah. But let me mention some good sites. All right, these okay. are vetted. Yes. Okay, so these all give great Bible study plans, and most of them have apps. Now, the daily Bible reading Bible is wonderful, but it's huge. And if you're going on a trip, that's a large Bible to carry around. Right. Um, so with these, with apps, it's only a, you know, a click away on your phone. Plus, a lot of them give a little graph. And when you're halfway through, you can see the graph. Oh, look, I'm halfway through this plan. And I'll, you know, it'll keep up with what you read. Okay, so blue letter Bible, just the, the color blue, blue letter mm-hmm. Bible dot org. And then BibleGateway.com, and then um, BibleStudyTools.com, mm-hmm. and Bible.org. Now, Bible.org is the Net Bible, so it's going to be just that one. But 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 the Net Bible is a great translation. I didn't mention that earlier. The neat thing about that is it has something like fifty thousand translators' notes that you can then look and see, okay, why did they translate a word that way or a verse that way? So the net Bible, which is obviously on the net, but you can get a hardcover uh, copy as well. 
And then Bible uh, by Olive Tree. So Olive Tree Bible is a good free software. I mean, it'll all of them will want you to buy the deluxe version you know, with, with a monthly fee. Yeah. But the, all five of those have free versions and they all have Bible reading plans. In fact, um, Bible Gateway has 18, 18 different plans. Bible Study Tools has 16 different plans. And again, for reading through the Bible. Now, and most of them are through a year, but some of them are 90-day plans. Oh, and I like, okay. I like the, and some of them are even cleverly titled, like um, the Bible Study Tools has the 90-day challenge and uh, the one-year immersion plan, which that goes through the OT and once in the New Testament three times that year, or daily gospel, daily psalm, daily wisdom. So lots of plans, um, and there are other sites, but these five are excellent, and uh, they won't steer you wrong. Plus, these have Bible study tools. Okay. So then, but that's, of course, a different subject and different from your daily reading, but then there'll right. be times that you, you need to study the Bible. So that's where you go back and try to answer those questions. And then, so the tools that you would use would be a Bible dictionary and a Bible encyclopedia. Mm -hmm. and a word study book, and then an atlas. And then most of those sites will have those tools available. And then the concordance, but the concordance, there's a papal, paper concordance, Strong's and Young's, which has every word of the Bible, including the, <laughs> you can see how many thousands of these there are in the scripture reference. Well, that's almost the way of the dinosaur now, because with Bible study software, you can do it at the click of a mouse. So yeah. with all of these programs, you can type in love and then it'll every verse that in, includes the word love will pop up. It'll have the references. And so you can use those sites for then doing Bible study. So for instance, again, parents, you might want to study the word patience, <laughs> stuff like that. But seriously, you can then yeah. develop things that you can, you want to study together. Sure. And so you'd get a use of, think of a word and then think of similar words to that, you know, patience, uh, endurance, mm -hmm. uh, long suffering. Like, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> you'd, then you'd get the list of those words and then maybe for then this month, you'll go through those passages. Right. And, and so um, then there are study Bibles and there are study Bibles online, or I encourage people have a, at least one hard copy of a study Bible where that gives you just some good brief background of a book. So, okay, I'm going to read through this book in a month. Well, a study Bible will give you a, a couple of pages overview, who wrote it, when did they write it, where is it in the time of God's people, you know, what's going on. Plus, they'll, in the bottom, they'll usually have some footnotes that'll explain some difficult passages. However, I remind people, the footnotes are not inspired, all right? The, the Bible is inspired. Every word yeah. is true. But you yeah. can disagree with the study Bible introduction or, you know, footnotes and things like that. Yeah. But that can be a great help. Sometimes a question is quickly answered in a study Bible. Especially oh, okay. what does the word mean? It'll have a maybe a, a off to the side another way to translate that word. Yeah. So this has been good. Uh, two, two quick questions. Um, there's some neat um, kind of Bible study tools um, that I think are get, getting a lot of popularity. Um, the Bible Project, um, which you can, you know, you can watch their videos and they kind of give you an overview. So if I'm going to study the book of Galatians and I don't know anything about, you know, Galatians, there's like a seven minute video. And at the end of it, 
you're like, oh my goodness, now yeah, like as I open the book, it kind of gives me a reference for what's going on. Um, so I wanted to know what you thought of the Bible Project, and then Bible Recap um, is kind of a podcast and, and a book that goes along with it. Um, you know, and uh, Terry Lee Cobble basically just kind of gives you a little summary of you know three or four you know, like a couple chapters at a time. Do you mm -hmm. think those are helpful and useful for a person studying the Bible? Yeah, I do. Th I think that they are. I'm not as familiar with those. There's another okay. one called Bible.is, which they're Bible, trying to get okay. it out. An audio form in all, in, in as many languages as possible and okay. get it out there all over the world. And so that, that's a similar project as well. So I'd say those can be very helpful, especially, you know, being a prof, I know that people have different learning uh, sure. What uh, they learn yeah. differently. Okay. Yeah. So some people, Visual, are, you know, they yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Some people want to listen. And by the yeah. way, I, I remind my students for most of Christian history uh, and Jewish history, <laughs> they all they all they did was hear the word of God. They yeah. couldn't read. You know. Yeah. So yeah. that's a, a definite viable way to do it. And somebody goes, you know, Bible reading in a year. I want to do Bible listening in a year. And I go, great. You know. Awesome. So any of these plans then uh, a lot of these sites will have it where you can click on the audio and just hear it read. Yeah, and then, awesome. then you can just kind of be thinking about it, it, it through that way. So again, we learn in different ways, but there's yeah. great viability to that. Okay, and, so my last question, is, last question is, do you write in your Bible? Do you take notes in your Bible? Um, yes. I've, got, I've got a journaling Bible, so it gives me you know, notes on the side. What do you think about that in terms of like, I know some people who won't write, they won't underline, and I know yeah. other people who, you know, their Bible, you know, is, is highlighted and underlined. Any recommendations or suggestions on that? Yeah, so some suggestions, it's, it might sound like I'm a repeat on this, but it's whatever works best for you. Mm -hmm. Now, through the years, I've seen people that have, they just have tons of, of little notes in the margin and things like that, and that's great. Personally, I use the same Bible for preaching and teaching and reading. And so I'll underline verses, but I won't write much else in there because um, I want to keep it clean okay. in that regard. But some won't write anything because they'll feel like they're defacing the word of God. And I say right. there's no problem with that. That's yeah. um, whatever works well for you. Some people, they like to write down you know, when they got a, an insight to that, they'll write that down or they heard a sermon on this verse, they'll write down when it was and, mm -hmm. you know, who the preacher was and things like that. And that's great. Um, it always kept me on my toes as a pastor because if I ever wanted to preach twice, I knew that from the same passage, <laughs> right. I knew there are people to go, wait, you already preached right. from this passage. Yeah, yeah. But, you um, said this last time. <laughs> yeah, there's not a, a bad way in that. And by the way, you can do all that electronically. So the sites I've mentioned, now there's not always necessarily in the free version, but the great thing about that is you can underline, you can add notes electronically, which is yeah. just amazing because then in your phone, there's all your notes, your underlines. Now I will put in a, a quick plug about the, the heavy duty software, Logos and Accordance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And with those, Logos and Accordance, you can buy uh, many additional study books that are really good. Now, you know, the free sites, they have some good stuff, but for the study books, some of them are, you know, copyright free and stuff like that. They're kind of old and not, right. not as good of the updated stuff. So need to kind of shell out some bucks for that, whether it's from those sites or Lagos or Accordance, but then they'll, they have the apps that you can download it on your phone. And then, you know, for instance, Okay, raising my Ebenezer, what in the world is an Ebenezer? <laughs> you just click, you just 
you know, put punch your finger on that. And then the Bible dictionary pops up and tells you what it is. So awesome. there are some great tools electronically, I think, that can help in that regard. Um, so the back to the for young or old Christian, if you've not been reading your Bible lately, then just jump right in, start small so that you get a track record. You know, we always hear if you do something for one or two months, it becomes a habit. So right. Start off small enough that you you for sure are able to do it, and then you get into that habit, and then you can start doing more and more. That's awesome. Dr. Wicker, I appreciate uh, the wisdom, the encouragement. Um, we'll put show notes in there that link to all the things that you mentioned, which will be great. People can kind of check those out, so that's super helpful. I appreciate your time. You're welcome. Glad to do it. All right. Thanks. All right. Thanks.